Hello, and welcome to another episode of 8 by Kate. I'm your host, Kate Al-Fatah, and today I'm going to chat with you a little bit about eight things you should not be doing in your email marketing. Um, and this is really going into 2024. I want to make sure that you are utilizing email marketing to its fullest potential, but also following some general rules and advice. Um, I always say, make sure you understand the rules specific to your platform. I know that they're constantly sending updates and letting you know they made adjustments or changes to their privacy regulations. Make sure you stay up to date on that because I can't tell you how many clients we've had um, that we are brought on board and they have been put in, you know, email jail and we have to find creative ways to assist them in that. So you want to make sure that you are following the platform rules as along with the general uh, email regulations that are put into place for your country or your state. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. Okay. Um, so the first one is exactly that ignoring the data privacy regulations. You wanna make sure that you're compliant with the data protection laws, such as GDPR or any of the other regulations that may be specific to your region. There are actually some states that have specific rules pertaining to privacy. So you wanna make sure that you obtain the proper consent before sending anyone emails and respect the user's privacy preferences, preferences that they ask for. And a lot of email platforms allow you to, to allow the user to select preferences about what they want to receive. So depending on what type of business you have, that may be something that you want to look into um, actually getting. And this actually helps with segmentation when you do set up things like that. So, you know, maybe somebody wants to receive your monthly newsletter, but they don't want to receive, you know, every two days when you're making an offer. Um, so there are ways that you can set that up, but at the end of the day, don't ignore privacy, uh, data privacy regulations. Um, that's a big no, no. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that, um, in a couple minutes. So that's number one. Number two is, um, not respecting mobile responsiveness or overlooking it completely. So many users, including myself, and I know you, um, are checking their emails on their mobile devices. And to neglect the mobile responsiveness can actually lead to, lead to super poor um, user engagement, um, totally reduced engagement, and it also will increase your unsubscribe rates. Um, so when you are building out your email campaigns, most platforms allow for you to view or test the view of what it's going to look like on mobile. So make sure that you're not ignoring that and you're taking and making that a priority and showing that attention. So mobile responsiveness. Um, number three is, this is the big one for me. This is one where um, I have a lot of conversations with clients that wanna push, push content out, but sending irrelevant content. So, and this means that you may want to tailor your emails to the interests and preferences or how you um, gained those contacts in that, that audience. So sending irrelevant content can actually, um, you know, obviously have higher unsubscribe rates and it could actually damage your reputation if you're constantly sending out irrelevant content. How many times have you received an email where you're like, this has nothing to do with me or why am I receiving this? 
Um, and it doesn't mean that you didn't subscribe to somebody's email, but the content that they're sharing with you is super irrelevant. I'll give you an example. I have a client that does both local events and national webinars. So if I live in California and I'm receiving an email talking about a local event that's happening where it's, you know, maybe only 15, 20 people are coming to this event, that that's how many people they can have. There's no real reason for me to receive that email. I'm not going to be flying from California um, to Philadelphia to attend this, you know, two hour event. Um, so you want to make sure that the content's relevant to the person that you're sending the email to. Um, the next one, number four, is neglecting personalization. And, you know, we all receive those emails that say, hey, Kate, even though I get some that say, hey, Kevin, or hey, Todd, which is, you know, because somebody's imported data incorrectly, but not using personalization. Every email platform has it now where it's super easy to do, and it can actually impact your engagement. It can, um, you know, it, it also makes it where you're avoiding an email to feel generic at, in a sense. Um, so you want to make sure that you're leveraging. Now, don't overuse it. I've also seen that where my name is strewn throughout and it's totally um, lost its flair um, in the, the relevant content based. Um, but it also allows that, hey, I feel connected or maybe I had a past interaction with the sender um, where they're calling me by my first name or um or I attended an event and um, they're acknowledging that specific event. So personalization is really, really important. So don't neglect that. And that is my number four. My fifth one um, is ignoring any sort of segmentation. And, you know, we work with a lot of clients and they come on board and they're like, oh my God, we have 10,000 people on our list. And when we go to their list, it is literally, there's no information of where people came from. Um, I mean, you can see where the API for the website where people may be um, signed up. But other than that, all the imported data, we cannot tell where that list came from. So segmenting your, segmenting your list does a lot of things. One, it allows you to know where these clumps, I'll call them clumps, clumps of people came from, these contexts came from. It also allows you to back to the sending irrelevant content. It allows you to then send relevant content to specific seg segmented lists. So this could be demographic, this could be the behavior, it could be their purchase history. Um, I mean, if you're selling online and you don't have segmentation that you need to do that in 2024. Um, but it allows you to send targeted emails that are effective and it's, it, there's nothing that's one size fits all anymore in messaging. So this allows you to kind of break out of that one size fits all or that, that blanketed um, really generic messaging. You can be very specific if you have your list segmented. Now, don't worry. I have some people that are like, oh my God, I didn't do my segments. You know, we've just been loading data. Believe it or not, you can clean that up very easily. And not only can you clean some of that up, you can start so that you are collecting that data and segmenting lists appropriately. Um, and, and we help people with that all the time. So that is number five, ignoring segmentation. Do not do that. Number six, oh boy. 
you know, 10 years ago, email drip campaigns and automation was the shit. I mean, everybody wanted to do it. People were taking courses. Um, you know, you have the active campaigns and you have all these other platforms that really dove into allowing you to build segmentation. I mean, automations. And they're great. We still use them today. We have a lot of drip campaigns and automations and they can be powerful, but overusing it or sending too many automated emails without considering the timing, the relevance can lead to uh, fatigue in your subscriber and, and the end user and a de decrease in your engagement. And I'll tell you how, why that, that is the case. I can spot an email automation immediately. Uh, you know, it, uh, they're, they're not relevant. They're, it's very evergreen. And it's got that systematic where we've all seen it. Like, hey, these are the way the automations work. And again, they are can be effective. But I will say that if you build an automation that has like 50 some pieces of automation in it and you're sending one a week but yet on top of that you're also sending newsletters and and blog content that you're writing in real time or video content or or an event that's coming up i'm telling you right now people get fatigued so really think through those automations and i will tell you this i had a conversation recently with a client where i said all this work in these automations because they kind of they have some pieces that aren't working right now. And I've asked, what have they done for you? And their answer to me, honestly, was nothing. They've gained no leads. They've gained no new business. They've gained, their open rates aren't great. And I'm like, why are you investing all this time in these super boring automations when you could be putting together strategy on a monthly, quarterly, whatever basis, to really send out email marketing that makes sense, that's relevant, that's trending, um, that's all the good things that you want to talk about now. I mean, when you look at social media specifically today or blog content, you can see that that's no longer where you can build that shit a year in advance. You just can't do it because it's got to feel real to people anymore because that's what we're being delivered on a daily basis is real relevant content that matters now. So sometimes those automations can actually hinder that. So be very careful careful with automations. I love automations for when somebody initially subscribes. I try to tell people that I like to do like a four or five piece automation after somebody's maybe getting a freebie or something. But then after that, they go directly just into my regular um, email lists. Um, so just slow down a little bit with the automations, especially if they're not doing anything for you. Um, be mindful of that, okay? So that's number six. Number seven is not testing and viewing analytics. And I will say that um, I love doing the testing piece when it comes to subject lines, where it comes from adding um, images and things like that, um, and also written content, long form content versus short form content in emails. Um, clicks, how many links to add, Knowing what's going to work best and what's getting people to do what you want them to do is important. And the way that you do that is with testing and with analytics. So 
Um, you want to make sure that you're optimizing the performance. And the only way you're going to know that is by actually viewing and analyzing your email campaigns data and understand what works and what doesn't work. Um, and believe it or not, when you look at these, it can assist you in refining the overall strategy to your email. Um, if you see that you're embedding all these links and you don't have one person clicking on it, well, maybe it's the way you're delivering the link. Maybe it's the actual CTA itself. Maybe people just don't give a shit. So um, it's going to help you tailor what it is that you should be sending if you're testing and you're analyzing, especially with subject lines. It's super subject line and images, I always say is something you want to kind of work on consistently. So that is number seven. Number eight, this one's a big one. Ignoring opt-out requests. I, I know this sounds crazy, but you want to provide a clear an easy way for subscribers to unsubscribe or opt out of your emails. And I know that scares a lot of people, but I will tell you right now, I have somebody that was a past client and I had subscribed because I was testing stuff and they are now sending me this email from this other platform of stuff they sell. And I can't figure out how to unsubscribe from this email. And I don't want to like send her an email and say, Hey, unsubscribe me from this because I don't want to be rude, but um, failing to to actually not have an easy way to unsubscribe actually violates regulations, um, and it can once again it it's, it can be an annoyance. So now when I get those emails, I don't even open them because I'm that annoyed with it. So whenever she sends me anything, I don't open it because I'm just like I don't know how to unsubscribe to this stuff. It it doesn't it's not relevant for me anymore. Now it just sits in my inbox and it's kind of annoying. So you want to make sure that you're not preventing people to opt out. And, and that gets scary for business owners. They're like, well, I want them to be on my list. Um, and that's, that's not how you're going to grow a healthy email list. I'm going to throw in, oops, I'm going to throw in one more um, little extra tidbit. And it's not really an extra one. It goes back to number one, which is ignoring data privacy regulations. And that is the purchased list. And I can tell you right now, we we work with tons of clients that come to us and they're like, we just bought a list of 10,000 emails that are specific to a certain um, profession or industry. And we want to send a sales email to them. And I can tell you right now, it doesn't work. And not only that, but it goes against most, if not all email marketing platforms. It is frowned upon. Um, I will tell you that when people do buy lists, I always encourage them to search for those people if you have like name and where they're located on LinkedIn and maybe make connections that way and do more personal connections. But to purchase a list and upload it into, especially for a small business owner, I, I, I would never ever tell you to do this. And if somebody's guiding you to do that, um, I mean, that's fine and all, but just don't do it. There are ways to list a build and stay true to that list build. I'll tell you that that sort of organic or even um, um, even if you're purchasing as far as like you're giving something away or they purchase something from you, however that looks will get you more at the end of the day than you buying a list and uploading it. I will tell you, we've done it a quadrillion times and it gains nothing. And um, 
I will also say that most of the time we have to open up a second email platform just so that their regular email platform does not get, you know, dinged and it's, it's against the, the regulations. So um, as much as we used to help people do that, we are not in the business of helping people do that anymore. And um, we want to stay true to what the rules are. And we also don't want to um, piss people off. Um, at the end of the day, you want people that are on your list that want to do business with you. And I will tell you, if you're buying a list, more than likely, um, those people don't want to be a part of whatever it is that you're you're selling. Um and that's just because they don't know you. Um, they don't, you know, know who you are. They don't know nothing about you. And you're sending a blanket email. Look, we all have received them. A lot of people find us on LinkedIn and I get emails all the time in my inbox, but they're finding me on LinkedIn or Facebook or some other platform. And they go to my website and find my email and they send me an email. I'm not mad about that. You know, that that's, that's going to happen, but uploading, you know, thousands of email lists or, or contacts into your email list is not going to gain you much of anything. Um, so those are my eight things not to do when it comes to your email marketing and, and things that you should be doing as well. And I hope that this was super helpful. And as always, you can find us at homconsulting.com and you can book a free 30 minutes with me. And I would love to chat about all things email marketing, find out what you got going on and how maybe I can help give you some tips. And as always, happy marketing.